Welcome back to Five Songs or Less, everybody. Happy Leo season. We'll see if we can do this for more than one week. It's August. We have until August 22nd. I looked this up today to do the Van Pelt, I believe. Oh, yeah. I have a list for you, Danny. Okay. You need to send it so I can listen to it. I got to perfect it. I mean, they have oh, two sure. albums and a lost album. There's a lot of content here. A lost album? Well, we'll, we'll hold on. We'll talk about that next time. Uh, it's Leo season. Nate's here. We're going to talk about Ted Leo and the pharmacists. Yeah. How's it going, Nate? It's okay. I I like that you gave me Ted Leo and the pharmacist because they tend to have a difficult time remembering the name of the vocalist and or lead musician mm-hmm. of the bands you give me. And this one's easy to remember. It really is. Like Ted Leo is six letters. Yeah, it's incredibly yeah. short and concise. I didn't realize that his backing band was formerly the RX Bandits. <laughs> yeah, I had to change their name for legal reasons. Yeah, weird, no? That you get a new vocalist and you have to change your name. Yep, but yep. they sound a lot alike, so they didn't change their sound. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever listened to the RX Bandits. You know what? I know for a fact I've never listened to the RX Bandits. <laughs> but if you say the word RX Bandits, you feel it feels to me like you get a poppy a poppy sound that thinks it likes ska and also is mostly influenced by the band Finch. That's what I think. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. RX bandits. R-X you can't, bandits. what do you, you don't think about a name and say to yourself, I know what this sounds like and then not listen to it. I don't know. I don't know why I never listened to them. They, they came around when, uh, I decided I didn't like ska anymore, which was a dumb decision on my part. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, all the all the rude boys out there and and rude girls and rude everyone who's rude, like the people who don't tip at bars and restaurants. <laughs> yes, exactly. Are you apologizing to them? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just never listened to them. I I have listened to a band called Peaced Out, which is members of RX Bandits or a member of RX Bandits, and also the drummer. From the Americas and Velveteen. Oh, yeah. A drummer that you are incredibly fond of. I he's, know. He's very good. I know. I've never heard of a person who like just turns on a drummer's YouTube practice videos and just it's, watches them. It's nonstop. really cool. The Whoa. RX Bandits are in Danny's house. <laughs> <laughs> pounding on the door. Yes. Apparently, they were originally known as the Pharmaceutical Bandits. Hmm. I don't know. And they were ska band. You're they right. were a they ska, were ska band, band, but then they right? weren't or something like that. I have no idea. I didn't read that far into the Wikipedia. Um, they were on drive through records, yes. and I feel like that's not a label that puts ska music out. No. So maybe they changed by that point, and that's why I keep thinking of that band Finch or like some of that fucking uh-huh. sixth wave pop punk emo shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the I think that you name yourself the Pharmaceutical Bandits because you're trying to make a drug joke, right? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyways. It's a good ska weird. band name. It's a good ska band. Is the pharmaceutical See, bandits? I mean, I think that, I think that that's a thing you're going to have to teach me a little bit about because like I, the depth of my skull fan, skull, skull, skull <laughs> my chewing tobacco fandom. <laughs> You've been listening um, to too much country. Yeah. No shit. Um, the, the, the extent of my, Ska fandom, I think, starts and ends really with the real big fish, unfortunately. Just the song Sell Out, though? 
there's a beer song that I listened to as a straight edge kid and was like, this is a fun song. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's in basketball. (laughs) I don't know if I ever saw that movie. I I have not seen that movie. Maybe that's what I can. I only like the song sell out. I've, I've tried to listen to other real big fish songs uh, and albums and I sell out as their, their one and only song. If you ask, I mean, I, I think you've done more work than I have. I guess that all goes to say is that I never really gave ska much of a much of a chance. Should I should I give you a ska band? I tried I tried to always do that with Dante, but I was too afraid he wouldn't take it seriously enough because a lot of the ska that I was into in the ska boom uh, was like kind of goofy shit, like all the the. 90s ska there's a lot of really goofy shit there's a lot of really good serious shit that came out of it too but the closest i got was giving him jeff rosenstock and i gave him one song from jeff rosenstock that was ska i know that name he didn't like it uh jeff rosenstock's is really fucking amazing yeah i mean his he's got rosenstock (laughs) he's got he's he's got rose and rose of stock yeah rose of stock (laughs) That could be the thing you buy on on Wall Street, or it could be like a bunch of packs of gum. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the five song playlist of Jeff Rosenstock, and you'll be. Converted. Did you do that episode before? Yes. Oh shit! And I missed it. You I mean, I missed it. a lot of episodes. You I'll missed have to admit, it. Like I'm. You're um, you're a good uh, you're the average fan who just listens to bands that he already knows. Or, for example, when Dante comes back on randomly although i didn't finish yeah did you listen to the coheed and cambria episode i've listened to parts of that episode and i think i listened to no i don't think i listened to much of a coheed thing like the thing is is i'm really coheed curious Mm -hmm. because i really liked the first coheed album and like i think a thing we can talk about today with ted leo is that i sometimes find myself i need to learn how to like vocalists who try Mm -hmm. or who seem to obviously be trying and that i mean that they're like they they like have a thing where they're like I can sing. And so I'm going to mm-hmm. sing. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I spent most of my life or my impressionable years, like listening to artists who might think they can sing, but they can't, or yeah. they admit that they can't sing and they just go with what they got, yeah. which I really like. But I think Coheed like was really great. But then to some degree like that, that queen real, real good singery thing. Like it's hard. I don't know. I need to get used to it. I hmm. guess. And I think Ted Leo like has some moments of that shit too, where I'm like, man, why do I feel weird about this vocal track right now? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I was kind of thinking about that today um, because like the last band that we had talked about was Velveteen Mm -hmm. and it's kind of in that same thing where like he either knows how to sing well or he knows how to make it seem that he can sing well. Yeah. You know, I used to think the band Mineral, the guy who sings for Mineral could really sing well. Mm. And I was like, I was like, this is when I was in high school and mm-hmm. I worked at a CD shop and I was playing Mineral, the end serenading on the, on the stereo yeah. at the CD shop one night. And this guy came in and he was like, um, asking me about the music and you know, I was gushing cause I, I liked sure. and still like that band. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, it's such a, he's such a great singer. And he's like, dude, that guy is not even close to being on <laughs> a key or an octave. I was like, huh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so you know, like, he, I guess, like, I just don't know what the hell I'm talking about, basically. He's a great singer for that band. Totally, right? That you makes know? perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't have to be, none of these singers have to be a 
technically gifted, uh, can hit every note kind of singer. Like if, if it works for the band, then it works. I think that's also like the, yeah. Cause like the idea of punk or the idea of even like whatever mm-hmm. this is that we're listening to Ted, Ted Leo mm-hmm. is that it's like, you know, like vocals, like people who can sing, like really can sing, like, um, they are not everybody actually. It's quite a, quite, quite, quite infrequent actually, probably for a person who like, they're not every, like, you know, you got your Mariah Carey's and then you got some, I mean, I think Ted Leo probably can sing. Yeah. yeah. And the guy from Kohei Cambria can, can, Cambria can certainly sing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Freddie Mercury can certainly fucking sing. But like those guys, when you listen to, when you listen to that shit, you're sort of like, I can't do this yeah. unless you don't, it doesn't like, um, it doesn't expand a scene at all. Like I think one of the pluses of the punk scene or like even Leo also like has this going on and he references even like the clash and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Is it like, there's something about the way they're singing, whether it's good or not, that makes you feel like you can do it, yeah. which is tight. That's yeah. a really good thing, yeah. I think. But Totally. And Velveteen dude does that too. But like, just like Ted Leo, Velveteen they have moments where like we have moments in this Leo playlist where I'm like, dude is up there. Like his octaves are high. He's like singing. Right. And, uh, the Velveteen, the the permanent Velveteen, the guy who couldn't grow up, the Peter Pan of rock and roll, (laughs) (laughs) the Peter Pan of Santa Rosa, Peter Pan of Santa Rosa, Judah, (laughs) Judah, Nagler, Nagler. I couldn't get his name last time at all. (laughs) Um, that guy also can sing. Anyways, in conclusion. In conclusion, <laughs> sing uh, sing the way uh, that it's appropriate for your band. I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm curious. To, like your band is playing this weekend, and yeah. I have it. I have it on my itinerary mm-hmm. um, as a possible like uh, Sunday afternoon thing. Okay. To do Sunday evening, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like you like you like go deep into the dark night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To play. That's right. Um, would you consider your stylings? Um, of your vocal stylings, either you you are not the main vocalist. I am I not the main vocalist. I do some backing okay. vocals. Um, and your main vocalist, like a traditionally trained singer no, of the <laughs> no, he's <laughs> traditionally traditionally trained growler. Yes, it's, you know why do I want that so much? But like it's <laughs> it's such an attractive musical quality, in my opinion. But I don't know, man. I listen to shitty music. So what am I talking about? <laughs> So what's been up, man? We haven't talked in a while. You went to yeah. you went to a concert at the the big old place in Sacramento. What's that place called? Golden One. Oh, Golden One. Yeah, actually, that was a pretty fun night. I think it was a weird show. Yeah. Generally, like Haley Witters is who we went to see, um, and she opened for a Sacramento Central Valley country rock star named John party and he sold out golden one. Was it sold out? Sold out. Wow. Well, I mean there were bleacher seats and stuff at the top. The third row was open, but uh-huh. not all of the third row or the third, the third about the third thing, but it was sold out. It was by the time we were leaving, which is right before John party played. Oh, you didn't even stick around. <laughs> you would savor the dude. No, I've listened to his songs. He's got a song called, um, tequila, little time tequila like the drink uh-huh. little time and it's oh, like a oh it's fucking, like a pun yeah it's a, like a jimmy buffett riff and he's like at this tiki bar in the music video with his like cowboy shirt open and his hairless Ew. chest exposed and he's got a white cowboy hat on and he's like the lyric the chorus goes tequila little time with me i mean he's i don't i'm sorry to all the local sacramentans and dicks especially you dixon hicks like i apologize <laughs> dixon but hicks. i don't think that guy's good yeah, <laughs> i just don't yeah. I, I don't know why he's so big he's so big man um, that's wild. How was, how was, uh, Haley though? 
it was weird. That's the thing. I like, I think she was awesome. And like mm-hmm. to play an arena, like you could see like, totally like Kaylee Witters, like if to, to all, I mean, this is redundant to, to your, your podcast fans. They know this. I mean, Haley, I'm sure you're listening <laughs> to this. Hi Haley. This is like a Haley Witters stand cast basically. <laughs> um, all like sh- she's not a big country star, right? Like mm-hmm. she can play mm-hmm. in some, in the Midwest and in the South and in places where country music is more common. I'm sure she can, pull a crowd and like people get excited for her. Like, like maybe like an outdoor um, music show or fest or something like that. I see photos of her in front of crowds, but she was like posting to her stories before that. She's like, look, I'm in an arena. (laughs) Like this is like kind of a shocking thing for her. And it was, she was great. She played well. Um, We had trouble getting to our seats. Like we bought nice seats down on the floor and like, they wouldn't let us like golden one was like, you got to go around, around, around. They sent us in a full circle almost. So by the time we got to our seats, she was already on her second song, which is pretty frustrating. Because like, and we got there on time. It's not like we were running late yeah, or anything. It was yeah. stupid. And and she doesn't play for very long. She's the, she's the, the opening opener, yeah. opening act. Oh, yeah, there were three? The, there were three. Three. Lainey Wilson was also on tour John Party. Props to him for taking two women Dope. country music musicians on tour. Dope. Like, that's dope. And she was great. Cody uh, didn't like, I think he thought she was fine, but he said mm. she was a little bluesy. Oh. Cody's a, just such a happy guy. He can't listen to blues. He doesn't like you know, the blues. So. Yeah. Yeah. But Witters was great. We were just sitting like, you know, a little bit further away and, mm-hmm. um, it, it hard. It was, it's hard in an arena. Like I'm not an arena fan. It's as exciting as that was for her. It's not, it's not always my ideal spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I can't remember the last time I went to like an arena type show. Like the biggest thing I've, I've gone to in more recent years would be like Memorial Auditorium in Sacramento or something like that, mm. you know, which is, is big, but it's not an arena. Sound there is I'd, terrible too, by the way. Oh, that's great. I wouldn't notice, but that's super great to know. I'm going to make fun of him for that. <laughs> I think I went to see the de- the postal service. What would it have been? 20 year or 15 year in, reunion uh, tour in Davis? 10 year reunion tour. No, I was still in Seattle at the time. Oh, actually, was okay. that like, was that an arena there? Key arena. I don't know what it's called now, mm-hmm. but it was where the supersonics used to play and it was pretty empty, which I thought was pretty funny. That's crazy. That's weird <laughs> that it was in a, uh, an arena. Well, it's like Gibbard's not hometown, but clo- like, you know, he's like sure, a Seattle artist. Sure. I guess that makes a little sense, but still. They overshot. I yeah, totally. Yeah. It was pretty funny. It was, uh, <laughs> here it was at the Mondavi center in Davis. It was very, it was very cool. Amanda and I went. Did, did, uh, did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. You hated it? That's a better setup. I didn't like it. I just, I mean, I think the arena played into it. It was just a weird scene. I got the tickets for free though. So that was Mm. cool. Like somebody bought a ticket and had a friend cancel on them. Nice. They, I think they bought it for like, I, I love your friends who buy tickets to shows for you. And then you on the night of cancel. And then they call me and they say, yo, Danny's not going to show (laughs) for free. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was that kind of friend. (laughs) Interesting. Um, well, that's cool. I've never been to Golden One still. Uh, I might go one of these days. I don't know. I don't feel like, I feel like, are you not there because there hasn't been anything? There's been things that I've wanted to go to, but everything is so fucking expensive there. That's true. Yeah. Like it's, it's redonkulous. Um, Cause every time somebody, somebody comes through, it's like this big pop star that I want to go see. Like Billie Eilish came through there and like the weekend I think came through there and like, I don't think there were tickets cheaper than $200. And I'm, oh, I'm right. not going to do that. Like that's, that's no, like, no. 
That's weird. Like we we paid a lot for our tickets, but we were on the we were on the floor, mm-hmm. but they weren't even close to that much. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know who would have to come through Sacramento and play there. Morrissey. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay money to go see Morrissey. Not even a cent, really. No, I would pay money to see Morrissey. No. I know he's a bastard, but like I'd go see him. He's a I'm bastard. Still they're all bastards. You think that you think that uh, uh, Johnny Moore. Peter Pan from Santa Rosa is not a bastard? <laughs> Yeah, he's a bastard too. <laughs> Ted Leo might not be a bastard. No, actually. Ted Leo is absolutely not a bastard. He seems like the nicest guy. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, what about a RuPaul like event or something like that? Uh, this month, their work the world is going to be at the Memorial Auditorium, and we oh they aren't big enough. We okay. looked into tickets uh, for that, and they were less than a hundred, but. We just don't know if we really want to spend that much money on uh, on that. Yeah, you're a homeowner and you have kids. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. So it would be very fun. We would have an amazing time, I'm sure, but it's a lot of money. How would you dress for an event like that? I would probably just just go in my regular clothes. Maybe I'd dress like... I don't know. Would I dress nice to that? Like, would I, would I put on a button-up collar shirt? Do you own a suit? I do not own a suit. Danny. I don't look good I in suits. I, do, I wholly disagree. I, like, I don't... Mm-mm. There's no way. Really? Mm-mm. Doesn't work. I think you haven't found the suit. Have you gone to a... <laughs> have you... Danny, have you gone to a fashion consultant? <laughs> no, I haven't gone to a fashion consultant. I've never gone to a tailor. Uh, I did. I did find a very nice penguin brand, uh, like kind of like sport coat yeah. kind of thing that I used to wear, but I uh, I outgrew it, meaning I got fatter, so it doesn't didn't fit anymore. So I had to get rid of it. And you couldn't find the same coat in a size that fit. Um, I don't know. I haven't tried. Yeah, still think that you could find it. I think you, you know, you know, like how they say, you know, do you know, do you read a lot of books? No, I don't. <laughs> no, damn it. Every, they, it's like this idea that like each, every book, it's reader, every reader, it's book, right? Uh-huh. Like you just got to find that book, you know? And I think that it's the same with the suit. Sure, sure. I do have to find the suit and, and I would, I would need to go somewhere and like pay the money to have it fitted and all that kind totally. of stuff. Uh, well, I, I can't do an off the rack kind of thing. It would look dumb on me. When I give you your birthday present that is two tickets to go to Vegas's uh, uh, Miranda Lambert <laughs> Velvet Rodeo uh-huh. residency, uh-huh. Um, I'm sorry, but you can't have them unless you... Uh, unless I get unless a you suit. You got to be dressed to the nines for that Velvet Rodeo. <laughs> you can't just disrespect Miranda no, Lambert and show up in a not. t-shirt that says, like, fuck on it. That would be cool, actually. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> come, you bring, you be you. Come, come, come the way you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come as you are. Sorry, come as you are, Nirvana. Um, <laughs> Nirvana. No, I, I would probably just go in like my regular clothes, though. For sure, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, what else is up? What? You're, so you did you you turned down an opportunity to meet RuPaul in person? RuPaul's not going to be there. Apparently, Michelle Visage will be there, but. I don't know what else has been up. We we saw Nope. We went to a movie and saw Nope. Okay. It was very okay. good. You do that sometimes, right? Like you're, you're movie We folks, do that probably like theater, once a month. Theater watchers. Well, I think that's charming. Oh, you know what else we did? We went to the Pear Fair. 
no oh wait i almost i almost like um I edited myself. I didn't say the S word because you said pair fair. And then I thought I was at work all of a sudden. <laughs> there. Situational swearing is my expert is a skill. I yeah. Have yeah. My brain turned off shit. Because <laughs> of pair Tell me about the pair. We, we, that sounds dope. We went to the pair fair out in, um, uh, Clarksburg, Cortland, Cortland, Clarksburg. Cortland, 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 California. Uh, we went to the pair fair in Cortland. It was uh, fun. It was crowded. We were only there for maybe two hours, I guess. You had the kids with you? We had the kids. Uh, what do you do there? Like the Not a lot. Is there's there? not a lot happening. Like there's, there's a bunch of food things, like food trucks, right? Food stands. We, we got there. Uh, you pay 20 bucks to park, but it goes to... Are you serious, yeah, yeah. really? In, in a rural community, in a, 20 bucks 20 to park? 20 bucks to park. I guess that's still pretty it's, good. It goes to, you know, the city scholarship, blah, 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 whatever. Cool. You know, it goes to something good. So we parked. We walked over there. We used the porta-potties. That was fun. Um, I love that. Like, you're telling me that when you're with kids, like, you drive a distance, the first thing you got to do is find the porta-potty. I'm, as an adult, yes. I'm, oh, Oh, I don't, I don't drink anything ever, like no water, nothing. So I never use the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, and then we went over where the food was. We were trying to find, uh, we're trying to find some pals. And um, I was like, I want food. And Amanda's like, you, do you see these lines? We're not going to get regular food. Like it's, it's going to take too long. And so I got a piece of peach, no, not peach, pear pie. Pear pie. So there were pears. There were pears. Okay, cool. And uh, Amanda and Han got pear ice cream. Pear scream. Pear scream, yes. I was not a fan of the pear scream. I had one bite and I was like, that's gross. Did you bite it like with your front teeth? No, no, no. I I didn't take a bite. I took a a spoonful. A lick. Okay. All right, continue. Uh, The pie was fine. It tasted like apple pie. And every once in a while, it was like, oh, yeah, this is pear. But it still just tastes like apple pie, kind of. And then we went over to like there was a library thing, and so we, yeah. we talked to the the library staff, uh, and there was some some free stuff for the kids to do. And so we just like kind of stood there and let the kids play with these like blocks. Uh, it was like big Jenga blocks, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some cornhole like the beanbag toss thingy. That's a drinking game. Yeah, yeah. Han was fucking wasted. <laughs> Shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, Danny, I didn't, I always wondered what it would be like to raise a kid as a straight edge parent and like <laughs> just not even notice when your child's just boozed up because no. you just don't recognize it. I him. don't recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he was boozed up. I didn't notice. Uh, we did that for a while and there were like bounce houses, but it was really expensive to like, for a good cause or just expensive because people are trying to... I, I don't think that part them. was for a good cause. I think that was just expensive. And so we didn't do the bounce houses. Then we went to go we went to go buy pears, a bag of pears, and they were sold out. And it was only like one, one o'clock. See, that sucks for the pear sellers. Like, I feel for them. Yeah, like they, they sold out of pears. I mean, that's great, but plan ahead folks i mean yeah 
farmers have that science down, I yeah. assume. No? They haven't done the pear fair in two years, so they're they're out of their they're off their game. Apparently, yeah, um, could be. And as we were leaving, there was a there was a band playing, and right as we were leaving, they started playing Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. And it the was Dolly Parton great. song. Can you show us viewers the um, the moves that you uh, put out right at that moment when Nine to Five started to play? Um, like, wh- I did start to start to shimmy a little bit. I was walking with Han, and he does this thing where like he. He'll be like holding my hand, but then he'll like walk in front of me. And so like I kind of just have my one arm like around him on his chest. Um, and so that song started playing. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And I like grabbed his arms and I was trying to get him to dance with me. But he was not having it. He was not interested. All the while, though, uh, whatever song they were playing before. I don't know what song they were playing before 9 to 5. Um, I assume another cover of some sort. Lassa was cutting a fucking rug. Yeah. She was cutting the lawn out there, man. Cutting the lawn. She was mowing the lawn. She was so into it. Uh, they played, and then as we were walking away, they played nine to five, and then it went into, um, oh, fuck, another big Dolly song. I can't remember. Jolene? Jolene, yes, precisely. Oh. It went into Jolene right after Just that. Just playing the hits. Playing the hits. The one that I like, um, it's on my playlist. It's the Mule Skinner's Daughter. I don't know why people don't play that one more oh, often. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds dark. Yeah. Um, she is actually in the song. Actually, I think it's Porter Wagner doing it, but somebody in the song is actually um, the Mule Skinner Blues. Sorry. Oh. Um, she, somebody is cracking a whip Whoa. in the song. Um, and also she does some yodeling. Wow. Sick. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Correct. I feel like it's hard for people to take a whip out on stage. Though, yeah, to yeah. Be taken seriously. I would like for you to do that on Sunday. No, that won't be happening. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Metal's got a bad enough reputation, man. <laughs> well, then lean into it. Just have fun. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was it was kind of fun. It was nice to be out and stuff. But I don't know if I would be super into going again. You know what I was expecting? You hear about these fairs, asparagus festival or the garlic festival, things like that. And you hear about, oh, we've got uh, asparagus French fry ice cream. Like, they, you know, mm. all the, just like every food you can think of, but with asparagus somehow. And there was none of that. I wanted, the- I wanted some weird pear shit. Didn't you say you had a pear sandwich or something? I had pear, no, pear, uh, pear cake, pear, pear pie, pear pie. You had some pee pee. I, <laughs> I had some pee pee, and it tasted like apple pee. Apple pee. It tasted like they went to Applebee's <laughs> and bought. Yeah, bought yeah. A pear pie. <laughs> but I like, like not even like like sausage or something. Like I wouldn't eat it, obviously. But like, there's no, there was no like pear sausage pear pork sausage or some shit like <laughs> pear pork sausage. i don't fucking know man uh i think you should text or excuse me i guess tweet the pear fair tweet at the pear point fair this out right i think your critiques here are valid next like year if they don't have some Im- impossible pear brats mm-hmm. i won't go <laughs> that's my like that's pear- my threat i won't go like the- 
You think they could just put a pear on a stick and deep fry it at least? Like at least. Deep fried pear at stick. Pear on a stick. Very least. I want a deep fried pear. On a stick. Like on literally a stick. on a on a branch stick. Like something from a tree. Great. I'm into it. That'd be sick. Keeping yeah. it natural. Uh, <laughs> the deep frying. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to say like food themed festivals is such a Central Valley kid thing to say. Like that is not my experience growing up. Like. The, we had the the loggers jubilee okay um, okay and a county fair like those two things were what the attractions we had but like because it's not like you i don't come from an agricultural part of the country like this is very ag centric area so it is i could yeah. see an asparagus or a garlic festival or a pear fair making that makes sense to me i don't see why they're like you live out in rancho cordova isn't that like a citrus area are there like citrus parties out there or like uh, orange we have orange we have two orange trees in our backyard so we can have can our you own start I think you should actually. What Sacramento needs is a is a is a metal festival uh, that's not aftershock. Yeah, I was about to say place, there is aftershock. It takes place at your house. Is at what my they house. Need. Okay. Anywhere from twenty to forty bands on four stages over two days Whoa. with a campsite. That's what we're talking about. Where are people going to camp? Just in my backyard? Totally. Yeah, on the stage, on the backyard, okay. in the street. Neighbors take over the neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Just a whole like block spill party into the river. Yeah, maybe river boats. Yeah, you live on the river, right? We live close to the river. We so could we could works. walk there. I the, wouldn't want the walking walk of there. Sacramento County. The the walking of California walking. I'd bike there. Fuck! I was gonna say something, and now I forgot. Oh, did I ever tell you? I don't think I have. That uh, my family and I almost moved to Washington when I was in oh, yeah. the sixth grade. We were going to move to a small town outside of Spokane. Oh, God. Oh, really? Yeah. My dad was was offered a job up there. And so we were looking at that. And we were looking at, uh, he just told me the other day, we were talking about it, Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. Moscow, Idaho is cool, though. Is it? Like, cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, Moscow, Idaho is south of Spokane, across the border from... Um, Pullman, Washington, which Pullman, are the two, yes. the two units. Pullman, that's where we, we were looking to. Oh, uh, okay. I guess that's outside of Spokane per se. It's like two and a half hours south, I think. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> it's definitely not a suburb or something. Yeah, it's like in the in the bottom right-hand corner of the state. Yeah, and it's yeah. where the the Washington State University is. Oh, okay. So it's like a university okay. town. It's an interesting place. Like in the summer, it's like a population of 10,000 people. But in the fall, it's like 25 or 30,000 oh, people. Because okay. the university is in motion. Mm-hmm. in motion. And Moscow, Idaho is the same. The Idaho Vandals. Ooh. I think it's the University of Idaho that is there, or the Idaho State University. Are they named like after that. the band, the Vandals? Actually, it's pretty interesting that the, the they're named after the band, the Vandals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Their fight song is off of Live Fast Diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. I think those towns would be like, what is the UC that's in the Central Valley that's not Davis? Is it Merced? Uh, yeah, I think there's a Merced. I think, yeah. So I've... I've never been there, so I'm speaking out my ass. Or Modesto, or one of those towns. Sure. Like, like I feel like Pullman. Pullman's an ag town, like definitely a big oh, okay. uh, agricultural community. And that university is a big ag university, yeah. like uh, like Davis would be. But like, it's a really small town, and it isn't it isn't like cool like Davis in the same way that mm-hmm. uh, or Eugene. Eugene is also a pretty interesting town because of its college. But it's just like 
it's just a rural town that has a school in it that yeah. people come to and then leave. It's kind of strange. Oh, okay. I mean, it's cute. Okay. It's got some cool shit in it for sure. But yeah, I feel like you would have grown up. If you would have had a very different life. I think, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was in sixth grade. Was that over the summer? Was that summer before seventh grade? I can't remember. I was like dead set against it. I was like in tears. Like, I do not want to move. I don't want to leave my yeah. my friend. Yeah, your friend who was a cat. <laughs> Who would have come, probably. <laughs> I didn't like cats back then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, but anyway, we didn't. And I always think about that, though. I always think of, like, how things would have turned out differently had we moved up there. Would I be the same person? Would I have gotten into punk rock? I was, I was almost there because I got into punk in, like, seventh grade when, like, Green Day and Rancid and all that stuff. I think, it, I think the chances have been really hard. Like I'll say like, I know kids from the area. I dated a girl actually from Pullman and spent time out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, there's a little town outside of Pullman called Colfax. And where I went to school, I met a bunch of kids from the East side mm-hmm. and, um, a, a girl from Colfax whose wedding I went to, it's actually out on the snake river. It's a cool part of the state. It's just empty. Yeah. She was, she was a, she was cool. And then the kids I knew outside of Spokane, like literally the Spokane kids mm-hmm. were punks and were really interesting. Like Spokane, it's actually, I'm going to go there for a, a week and a half at the end of this month. Whoa. Oh, is that when you're going to a uh, concert? Carly Rae Jepsen? No, that'll be the in uh, late October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spokane is not a place that I go to. I have, uh, Shannon and I have a friend who lives in LA who's from Spokane and is getting married oh, in Spokane. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but I've, like, I've been to Spokane a couple times um, to see shows and uh, my parents actually uh, lived there up until a year and a half, I think, before I was born. So I was oh. almost a Spokane kid, too. Okay. I think, but I, I don't know. Spokane's a big city. It's mm-hmm. like 400,000 people. Um, it's, it's, um, the problem with Spokane is its surroundings. Like it's the, um, the Spokane Valley, um, has like some of the more wildly conservative and racist, um, mm-hmm. political representation in the state of Washington's like house. It's in that same area where you see like Aryan nations, like Ooh. North Idaho panhandle yeah. fucking racist shit. Yeah. Like that, that area, especially outside the city of Spokane is really troubling. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean everyone's bad there, sure. but it is an area like if you were like to say like, Oh yeah, we're going to go outside of Spokane. I was like, Oh shit, dude. <laughs> like yeah. who knows where you're finding yourself, but it's an interesting spot. We're going to go there for a week and a half for a wedding. Yeah. And I'll see how Spokane is. It's not a city I know well, yeah, but yeah. I've been there a number of times. And I do know punks from that space. Okay, so like, I think okay. you, you, maybe you could have handled it. Maybe. But Pullman is different, is a different thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We would have been in, a different in Pullman or, or, or Moscow, Idaho or something like that. Both, both, you know, great places for those two states. Yeah. Considering yeah. where you could go okay. in the states, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about that the other day, and, and I was at my parents' house on Sunday. All this happened on Sunday. I talked to my one day. Talked to my dad about when we almost moved to Washington. We saw Nope, and we went to the Pear Fair. It was a fun-filled day. I need to go to more Pear Fairs myself. Well, it's too late now. You have to wait till next it, year. It does. It's not interesting to me that all of the food-flavored festivals that you can go to in the valley, like are centered around fruits and vegetables, which makes sense. But like, that's kind of great, right? If you're not going to bacon fair or, Ooh, yeah. Or like pig fest or something like that. Yeah. Pig fest sounds like just a night of cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Here's what I'll, what I'll talk about before we start talking about Ted Leo for the first time in pod race, pod race in my podcast history. 
Uh, I did not have an episode this week. I, I listened to that. You, you listened to my not episode? Yeah. It was only three minutes or so. It was an easy one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get cocky. I'll, I get like three episodes recorded and I'm like, cool. I don't have to record for two months. Yeah. The math <laughs> works there. Yeah. <laughs> so I recorded last night with, with Amanda. We did an episode. And now we're doing this, and then tomorrow night I'm recording with Cody. Yeah, that's I, you had said. I, you had said in that that you had the the three of us lined up, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it was one right after another. But like, I I am impressed. Like, I find now I think I'll admit, like, and I'm sure that it's it's clear. Like, this style of conversation around music, like I thrive in the bullshit section mm-hmm. of this pr- podcast. But like talking about songs and breaking down songs is not a strong suit of mine. And I'm sure it's something that you do with ease. Like you can listen to a song and be like, oh, that's a really cool part. I want to talk about that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get why you might be able to do three of these in a week or like really quickly turn around a playlist or something like that. <laughs> but like I am remarkably um, impressed with that because I do think like for me, like I listen to a song, I'll be like, shit, I don't I don't know. This song is great. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's great. I like it. Uh, totally. Right. Like uh, so I have to like sort of like think about it. I don't know. It's kind of fucking sometimes it's hard. It's stressful. Yeah. Not stressful in a bad way. But, you know, it's something I can't do. I wouldn't be able to do this every week like you and Dante had done or uh, that you're doing two or three times a week in certain yeah, weeks. Like yeah. that's wild. I fucking love it. Kudos. I fucking love it. Um, obviously, I'm still doing it. But like that was what that was one of the things that burned Dante out too. was like the commitment, the consistency of it, but like also the prep and the work that has to go into like taking notes and shit like that. Boom. I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. I just like listening to music and like talking about it too much. Yeah. I also like listening to music. I like that you're forcing me to do it. Um, punishing me as you say, but I I think I find these days, like I'm far more of a audiobook person Mm. and I feel like I Mm -hmm. I say that with my, with my nose and my my eyeglasses on and my nose nerdied out like, like a snob. (laughs) I do feel like my instinct in putting on my headphones and when I take a walk or something Uh like that is listening to an audiobook. I also don't drive. So I don't like, um, I don't have like that sort of, the opportunities to listen to music require that I actually very intentionally like sit down and do it, which is tougher, I think. But audiobooks are great, man. I really like audiobooks. The, their accessibility and the digit it's the digital part has revolutionized them they're just so yeah. accessible now and the, yeah i love them the th- the main reason i'm not a big reader is because it i'm very slow i'm a very slow reader i have to reread sentences i have to reread paragraphs uh if for those of you who have listened to this podcast you know i misread words all the time uh came to find out it was a form of dyslexia like the thing that i have and so, like, that's part of the reason why I don't read very much. But, like, oftentimes when we're going on a trip or something like that, we'll have an audiobook on. And I fucking love it. I want to do it more, but I just never have the time. Like, I don't, I don't really listen to podcasts very, very much. Uh, I mostly just listen to music. But I really like it. Like, we listened to a while, long, long years and years ago, we listened to the Harry Potter audiobooks. Those are very good. We listened to the Game of Thrones audiobooks. Those were really fucking good. Um, there's a lot of good shit out there, man. There, I was in a meeting recently, and the person who purchases books and mm-hmm. audiobooks for adults at the, the library system recommended the audiobook for the Beastie Boys uh, biography that came out oh, this year or last year. Okay. 
and she's not a person that I would expect to say that. Mm-hmm. Like the Beastie, I just was like, what? Really? The Beastie Boys? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. They're a pretty mainstream band, so it's not like a surprise, I guess. Yeah. But it was because they still seem like you know, they're the Beastie Boys there. Um, and she was like, this is the best audiobook I've ever heard, nice. like by a mile. Um, so here's the pitch. Uh, you could do a five songs or less. That's literally an audiobook conversation based on the Beastie Boys audiobook. That would be an interesting true. Uh, uh, idea, and it, it could include maybe a, a, a song or two or something like that. But that, that's an audiobook that might. I don't know if the Beastie Boys interest you. Maybe you hate the idea of a Beastie no. Boys I like I like book, Beastie but. Boys. Um, I am I mainly only ever listen to Ill Communication. That's the best album of theirs, and in, in my opinion, and I know I'm not in the majority on that opinion i love it that's the album that i first listened to yeah is that why it's just the one that you got it's it's it was the first cd i ever owned Um, oh shit really yeah that's important um and i i just fucking love it i think it's great i love they they kind of always have this like kind of blend of different genres and stuff Uh, not early on like i i hate the fucking Ill, License to Ill. Like, I don't like that album at all. Oh, the Party Bro. The Party album. Bro album, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like that shit at all. But Ill Communication just has, like, some fucking punk bangers on it. It has some really cool jazz tracks. It has, like, Tibetan chanting stuff on there. It's got, like, everything you fucking want. Some great hip-hop. Uh, it, uh, The song Get It Together with fucking Q-Tip on there. Mm-hmm. is the best song about whatever it's about, ejaculation or something like that at some point in the I song. I think it's a, what do you call it, premature ejaculation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I love that record. I have not been able, like, what was the one that came out right after, uh, Hello Nasty came out after that. Yeah, but that's where they like. That's a little more electro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's, like a, it's a weird divert. I mean, they always did weird shit for sure. But I feel like. I don't know. It felt like they've always were a mainstream band too. It's not like that was their sellout album, but it felt a little weird. I did not like that one either. Intergalactic was the hit song. For yeah, yeah. I mean, that album is fine. Uh, that's how kind of how I feel about all their albums, other than I. Just, I yeah, uh, they're just they're just fine. I disagree. Yeah. I love like ill communication is my friend had it. I wasn't allowed to have it because I had a parental advisory sticker oh, yeah. and I would walk to his house in the morning before going to school. Right. My mom would drop me off at his house and then we would walk to middle school mm-hmm. and um, I just fucking loved it. It was so good. And I still to this day really love it. I agree with you. It's my favorite. But weirdly, when I started driving, I had a tape for the first like tape deck for the first, I would say t- year and a half of my driving uh-huh. time. And then I got a CD player installed in my truck. Uh-huh. And uh, I had two tapes. No, excuse me, three tapes. I didn't re- have any recorded tapes. I don't know why I didn't bring recorded tapes. I had <laughs> three official tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, there was Less Than Jake's uh, Hello Rock View, I think. Oh, Is that okay. That, that, yes. That's called The Social Distortion Live at the Roxy album. Wow. Um, and Beastie Boys' Paul's Boutique. Paul's Boutique, okay. And to this day, like, I guarantee, although the Less Than Jake one, yeah, I probably could do it. Like I can sing every single word in that and the social, that social distortion. Li- I don't even like social distortion, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. live album is fucking good <laughs> in my mind. And Paul's boutique, like every second of that song, like I've got it memorized. Interesting. It was just okay. one of the, ta- one of my tapes. I, and I think that album, I mean, it's also like a critically acclaimed one where yeah. they moved away from that bro, that frat party bro shit in the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I like that shit. Anyhow, that book, audio came highly recommended. And okay. 
I wonder, I haven't listened to it, but I wonder if it's because there are musical elements or whatever. And Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with the Beastie Boys. You want to talk about Ted Leo and I the RX Bandits? I would love to talk about Ted Leo and the RX Bandits. Ted Leo and the Pharmacists, a really fucking good band that I've liked for a long time, but not right away. Not right away, huh? Not right away. A, uh, an old coworker of mine, Jeff, we worked at the at Ritz Camera together in Elk Grove. Uh, he burned me a copy of Hearts of Oak in like 2003-ish, around there. Uh, and I really like the song that I gave you off of that album. Uh, Where, the Rude Boys. Where Have All the Rude Boys Gone. Yeah. Uh, still my favorite song off of that record. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't uh, hit for me until 2004 when Shake the Sheets came out. That album, fucking, I was hooked at that point. And every album that came out, I loved uh, and I think he's fucking great. Uh, I, I, something he said in an interview before was that he doesn't write love songs. He only writes political songs. And so I was like that. I always feel like excited about, oh, what's, what's Ted got to say on this one kind of thing. I really like that. I love his, his singing voice. I love that. It's kind of this, like we talked about earlier, this, can he sing really well or does it just the way he sings sounds like he's singing really well? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> uh, I love his guitar playing. I love that. Like while he's strumming, he's also picking at the same time. It's very like, it's very like the, uh, it's very like jam, the jam. Uh, and it's very like Billy Bragg or something like that. And I think he's fucking great. I've never seen him live and I want to see him live someday. Um, Billy Bragg is who I would have done as the most listenable, listen alike in this context. Sure. Like it felt like he was really playing off that. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what the guitar thing you're talking about, but that makes sense. He doesn't tour as the pharmacist with the pharmacist anymore though. He's just a solo act at this point. Yeah. Or? I think he's just a solo actor or the, the pharmacists or whatever are on hiatus. The, the drummer is the drummer in the band with, uh, the band Open City, who has the member of Kid Dynamite yeah. and has the member of Bridge and Tunnel. I've been listening to that band, by the way. Oh, have you? Open City, also Bridge and Tunnel. But, yeah, but. yeah. Uh, Open City is really fucking good. I agree. I would love for them to put out some more material. Anyway, do you so you have listened to a brother of Ted Leo, but you've never listened to Ted Leo. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that. Ted Leo, in my mind, is a 90s musician. It's not the case, though. It's not. It's not. I mean, he was um, in Chisel in the 90s, but like... Correct, yeah. Ted Leo and the Pharmacist was the 2000s, maybe 99, like, but... Something like that. But yeah. like, you're talking about Shake the Sheets and Hearts of Oaks. Those are albums that really start to pick up some steam, and that's 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, I've mentioned this before, and it's a stupid excuse, but like, I was living in Germany at that point and just was not paying attention yeah, to American yeah. punk or American rock. And I think that must be why I will say like Ted Leo and the pharmacist, like when I would receive like MP3 downloads mm-hmm. or like a, like a external hard drive with MP3s coming from pals of mine, mm-hmm. like they, you know, there would be a million shit pieces of shit on it, but there's also always Ted Leo and the pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely a, an act or Ted Leo and the, these are expandits <laughs> were always somebody that were on like that peripheral radar. Like that you were interested in them and wanted to give me this list was no surprise, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it's never something that for whatever reason I never clicked on it or, it's possible that I clicked on it 
and the beginning like it's interesting like the first song even like that beginning vocal track i'm just like oh my god <laughs> so like i feel like i feel like that is it's possible that at some point i listened to ted leo but i just his, his it didn't click no i was forced to go through it in this way to get to a point where i'm like yeah okay yeah, i get yeah. i get it and that Billy Bragg part, the more I started thinking about that, like the politics component, like the mm-hmm. Leo's not writing love songs, like Billy Bragg. I've, I've long liked Billy Bragg. Yeah. And I think I could have just as easily traded Billy Bragg for Ted Leo, right? Like sure. one of those things where it's like, that's the arbitrary dude that I picked up who had this sort of like um, Woody Guthrie obsession <laughs> and played played songs that refused that talked talk about politics, et cetera. Bragg, however, is a Brit. And yes. it's a question, like Leo is like from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he, but I sometimes think he's trying to sound like he's British. Is that a thing? <laughs> did you, did you feel that? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll see if we can figure it out. Yeah. Convince you. Yeah. But you it, might convince me. It is true though, that I listened to his brother, mm-hmm. um, Chris. Shit. I don't know his first name. The Leo guy from the Van Pelt. Van Pelt. Put me on the spot for that dude's first name. <laughs> um, I think it's Chris, but. They are a full on, um, yeah, Chris Leo. They're a full on '90s band yeah. and an emo '90s emo band, mm-hmm. right? So like they like are right in my formational wheelhouse sure. in a way. So like it makes way more to me. Like thinking back on my life, it makes way more sense that this band crossed my path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to them and fell in love with them. And Ted Leo and I'm not a Chisel fan. Like I know Chisel a bit, but like yeah, it's yeah. not a group that I really. I don't even think today. Like do you do you listen to, to I, Chisel? Not really. I always, yeah. I I found Ted Leo first, uh, and then I really liked Ted Leo, and so I went back and listened to Chisel, and I was like, yeah, this is good, but I, I just want to listen to his solo stuff. Word. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess during that that era, yeah, the Van Pelt's the band that I came across, and I fucking love the Van Pelt to this very day. Even though in like making a list for for you, I started to realize a little bit that maybe they're not as like. I felt I thought they were like the Beethoven of the emo scene <laughs> back then. I was like, this is a super dope super dope shit but maybe that's not the case yeah but, uh, people love um, them I, they uh i'm in this like 90s punk emo hardcore like facebook group or whatever and people post about them like at least weekly like people love that band mm-hmm. uh and i've always heard the name but just never never picked it up i don't know why i think I think we'll, I'll do that list. I think they're really good. And yeah. I do, I mean, for, if considering your musical background, like it seems like the kind of group that you would be really into. They have also an odd association. One of their members was in blonde redhead, which is like, oh, a, like a cool, a cool act that yeah. as an older adult, like as an adult, I came to and enjoyed mm-hmm. not as a kid, as a kid, I would have listened to blonde redhead and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to hear this. Weird. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's, they're an interesting band and I think they're good. Yeah. They're, they also did a, like you sent me that thing about, about uh, members of botch, um, uh, practicing Practice, or whatever yeah. the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Um, uh, the Van Pelt did a very similar thing like a week or two before that oh, too. So maybe there's some steam behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're going to tour together or something. Botch and the Van Pelt. Yeah. I mean, 17 year old me would have just shit your pants. A gasket. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Except that two, that probably happened at some point where those two bands probably were yeah. somewhere. One of them came to Seattle or the other one came to New Jersey or wherever. Anyway, we'll talk about Van Pelt next time. Yeah, I'll send you that list. Let's talk about yeah. off of 2010's The Brutalist Bricks, The Mighty Sparrow. When the cafe doors exploded, I reacted. 
addicted to, reacted to you, reacted to you. This is my favorite Ted Leo album. This might be my favorite Ted Leo song, maybe, depending on my mood. I absolutely love this fucking album. Part of the reason I love it is uh, it came out in 2010 when right before I met Amanda. Uh, And so I have a lot of memories of listening to this album. And uh, my parents had bought a... Uh, They called it a cabin. We called it a cabin, but it was just a house up in the mountains in Arnold, California. Arnold, California. Yes, yes. Uh, It it has since been sold. It was uh, not the greatest uh, decision to purchase this place. It was a really nice house. But anyway, I was driving up there, you know, every couple times a month or whatever because my parents would go up there on the weekends and I would listen to this album just over and over. And so I always, it always makes me think of like the early days of my relationship with uh, my wife, my, uh, you know, my girlfriend back then and whatever. So I love that. It brings back so many memories. Uh, and I, uh, at that point in my life, I, let, I had like gotten back into photography a lot too. And so like, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of being in a dark room. Uh, so I hope you like this song. I do like this song. I think... Um, <laughs> Is that your intro? That's why. Do you want me to? Do you want me to comment on it? I thought my notes are like, dude, brave choice for the first song, and I think it's interesting. Like, um, it's your favorite Ted Leo song. Like, I don't know. It's not my favorite song out out of this list, probably because I'm a more traditional pop music fan, Uh and I like it when he does more poppy shit. Like on the next song, I think the next song. No, maybe not the next song. Excuse me. What's this? There's a dope song on here where he's, yeah, he's doing the Lottie Daz in the next. Oh yes, that's (laughs) whatever. Um. But I mean, the vocal, like, I don't know if it's every song, but most of these songs, there's like a start point, like the first 25 seconds that you're going to play to the listeners that you have played to the listeners Uh doesn't represent the rest of the song at all. Like he does that shit with regularity. And in this particular instance, like he's just got that voice, that voice track. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? And then it gets really good. I think that's interesting. interesting. It's just a brave starting song. I, I love that. It just like smacks you in the face. Like right with the opener. And this is the first track on the album too. Um, and so like you push play and it's like, when the gift, like it all of a sudden in your face. That's interesting. Like I never thought about it being like off putting. Hmm. Well, it's because of what we were already talking about. Like this, it's him trying to sing, right? Sure. It's sure, sure. got an effect to his voice. And like, it's, one, it's, it's very high pitched. It, it could, the first thing you ever hear from this dude and like, it can it it's it's it grates a little bit in the first moment. Okay. Like it's not a long thing. We're just like, whoa, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel mean, but it's not mean. It's just like this. It's not a vocal styling that exists very frequently in the things I listen to uh-huh. at all. Like any of these songs, right? Ted Leo is a singer. His brother talks, right? Like the fucking <laughs> Van Pelt is a band where the singer just talks. So like, <laughs> it, um, are they one of those like monologue emo bands? Oh fuck yeah! Okay, they okay. invented that shit probably. Like, well, I mean, they didn't invent it, but they mastered it. Yeah. They. they t- they turned first wave, or I guess that second wave monologue, and they bridged it into a third wave, you know, in, into in a way. <laughs> Anyways, but like, I guess like, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, for whatever reason, like, it takes time for me to get into somebody who who's, who is singing, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. is singing. Did you? And it's weird. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, like, um, I am down with like Elvis Costello, for example. Shh. Like, there are Elvis Costello songs that I really like, and he'll do this too. Yes, big, I, I would... I would think big influence on Ted Leo. 
has to be the case, right? So I don't know. I think that getting over that hump and hearing the song through one time and then playing a second time, it wasn't as okay. it wasn't okay. as abrasive. But the very first thing, oof. Fuck! I knew I knew I was gonna forget what I was gonna ask you. What were you saying right before that? I don't fucking remember now. If you if you wore a suit, would you look like Elvis <laughs> Costello? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So very, very first impression was like, whoa, calm the fuck down with the <laughs> like falsetto that he gets into. Is that appropriate word? Falsetto? I would say oftentimes it, it's, it's yeah. falsetto for sure. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the first line is about a terrorist attack or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Like, it's pretty cool. If you think about it, it is cool. Cause it's like, if he's, if, the sound, the sound of his voice is like abrasive. It is, mm-hmm. it just is at the start, right? You said it yourself, like as an opening track, it's like, here we go. Yeah, it just um, smacks you right in the it, face. Correct, yeah. And like the lyric is when the cafe doors exploded. Yeah. So it's like, it's pretty tight and it fits well, but he gets past it pretty quickly and then the song becomes something different in mm-hmm. a way, I guess is what I would say. Okay. But this is That's what I was going to ask you is, did you ever get into like Jonah Matranga bands, like Far or Ugh. One Line Drawing or New End? The answer is absolutely yeah. okay. Because okay. um, he's far, he's a big like. I think he can sing, kind of guy. Yeah, or he thinks, and he, he can thinks sing he too. can sing. No, it's weird. I'm a fucking walking contradiction because like I texted you recently about the vocalist from Garrison's new band, uh-huh. which has got a terrible name, and the album is a terrible name, and whatever. But and they're it not even that good. great. Like, but I, I really I listened to a few songs. It was decent. Yeah, so it's it's out, and like I really like it, yeah. but I like it because I like Garrison sure. and that band's vocal stylings are grating as shit, right? Like, it's just one of those things where you're like, I could see people listening to this guy and being like, this is because <laughs> he's trying to sing. Yeah. And he's got a, he's got a uh, memorable voice. And Leo has that too, mm-hmm. right? Like he's trying to sing and he is singing. He's probably singing well, but it's not like his voice is like trained or traditionally like, um, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not Tom. Well, Tom Petty probably doesn't have it either, but you know what I mean? Like he's not, he doesn't have a, a good voice. Uh-huh. He has a voice that is good, but not, it's not, pretty yeah (laughs) or like or like uh i don't fucking know i I just like that he commits to it because like there's a video that i might play for us later of a cover song where like he's doing his falsetto and he is not really hitting the notes but boy is he committing to it like Mm -hmm. he is always committed to it no no matter if it like it sounds quote-unquote good i feel like it always fits with the style that he plays like his guitar playing is sloppy too but i love it because it's it's sloppy in a very purposeful way like i said like he's strumming through chords but also like kind of like taking a second to like pick through a couple notes at the same time uh which is a very like billy bragg very like jam kind of style and, and like elvis costello too but i love that i love that about him i love that he he's he's found his voice and he's found his guitar style and stuff. And he is 100% committed to it. Like he's not like, Oh, I'm trying to hit that note. I'm just going to, I'm just going to move this down a step and sing it Mm -hmm. lower or whatever. Like he's just, no, I'm going to do it in this falsetto voice that doesn't, I can't hit quite hit, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Totally. I'm not mad about it. I just am surprised. I was, I was caught off guard in a way that was sort of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Especially when you check into the lyrical content. It's funny. It's a weird song. I like the title of the album, The Brutalist Bricks. The Brutalist Bricks, Bricks. yeah. 
it goes a lot of ways, I'm sure. But like, I think of architecture mm-hmm. in this context, mm-hmm. like, and I, I dig on, I dig on yeah. it, um, especially when the cover is just like yellow, like brutalist yellow, yeah. but like a little, little buzzing bee, bee for some <laughs> shit. Like, I don't, it's cool. Yeah, uh, I agree. I guess it's almost like a false start. Like it, it starts That's with that it, yeah. intro piece where it's like, it just throws you right into the song, but then it dies off into that. What I just played where it's, mm-hmm. it's just that palm muted guitar and the really Tom heavy drums. So yeah. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a false start. Maybe I should have started with a different song, but no, I don't think you should have. I think it's a good start. Um, Cause then we can get the, uh, Hey Danny, I, the vocals are weird sometimes out of the yeah, way. Yeah, and they yeah. talk about everything Rip that's the great about off. <laughs> But anyway, I really love the drums on that part. Their drummer is fucking great, and I'm pretty sure he uses a pretty bare bones kit, or just you know, kick like three piece and a couple cymbals or something like that, like very mm-hmm, very bare mm-hmm. bones, um, which is cool. And he's got a big old beard, which I like. Oh rad! Yeah. I dig a beard yeah. too. Um, the only the the first uh, timestamp I had also was drums. I I did notice that, and less this song, but in future songs too. The bass, like they're they're um, what do you call it? The drum and the bass is the uh, rhythm. The rhythm section. The rhythm section is hell strong yeah, for yeah. sure. And um, the timestamp I had was one twenty around him throwing out a little drum solo. Like I wonder if Ted Leo in concert like points to his drummer and then he goes bring 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 and then continues <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, maybe. Very showman should be. I hope so. I have 115, so I'll just play on through. Um, this is a little guitar noodly thing, and then I'll, then we'll listen to some drum noodles as well. played for a long time um i think the i played the drum thing as well oh yeah totally yeah that little drum that what do you call that it's a solo but it's actually more of like just a, like a fill kind of thing a fill yeah, yeah but really really prominent yes, and a little yes. bit longer than you might otherwise maybe it's just well recorded but no i think it's made to made to stand out the way the way that's presented it i dig it yeah, there's enough time to like flip your guitar around, turn to the drummer, Ooh. do a little bow, and then come back and grab your guitar <laughs> and, and then play. Get into that lick. To that, to that, to that, that what's a gross way to describe a lick? <laughs> that uh, that sweaty lick right there. <laughs> that sweaty lick. <laughs> if you listen to it, it's a bit sweaty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then I don't have anything else till two oh eight. That's mine's at two oh five actually. Okay. Interesting. I'll rewind for a few seconds here. <laughs> that that's so good. I love a full stop in the middle of the yes. song. Like I feel like it especially live in concert, like when you see a band pull that off, I don't know why, it's probably not that hard, mm-hmm. but like you're always like, Fuck, these dudes got it down. Yeah. Woo how, how do you feel the about the, the callback to the intro of the song? Um, I like it at that point actually quite a yeah. bit. And I also like what, what this, that's a long stop. It is. And I, the first couple of times I listened to this, I was like walking with it on and I was just like, I had the phone in my pocket, right. Or something. So I wasn't lis- looking yeah, at it like yeah. I would otherwise on my computer when I usually do this shit. I 
sincerely thought the song was over, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, this is a really, it's a really a uh, repetitive style of music." <laughs> what the fuck? And then it just starts <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, or my loop is on, but I didn't catch it immediately. I was just like, "Hmm, weird, similar sound yeah, here." Yeah. Uh, but I love the little outro bit. I'm gonna keep playing. That was I just. It was funny that it was the the pause. But anyway. When the cafe doors exploded, I reacted to, reacted to you, reacted to you. the top to end right like not in a bad way like mm. they do another fade out it's silent again and then they come back in just to like do a so the drummer can jerk off <laughs> and then finish it's it off the return of the king of ted leo songs hell yeah it's a dope it's dope. so many fade outs I, I i don't know i really like it i like that it goes calls back to the intro with like a kind of stripped down version of it and then they just have to little throw in that little Paul mute riffs so the drummer can go off and do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, your favorite Ted Leo song. I, Hell yeah. I think so. I think so. I fucking love it. I think I'm a little partial to it just because of the, the sentimentality of this album. But let's go to the first Ted Leo album that I really, really got into. Shake the Sheets. Wait, with this, um, you can transition this one, Danny. There's something you can do with this one. Count. Come on, man. You can do something with this county, one. Counting. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Oof, man. Like, it's a. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen uh-huh. you, uh, Danny. Yes. We sh- and you know it, we're moving on from this song so quickly, but um, I'm counting down the hours until I see you. Again, <laughs> you know, I was really looking forward to recording this this episode with you today because you you had mentioned that you liked the songs, uh, so just all day I I just couldn't focus on my work. Uh, I was I was trying to like yeah we're we're in the middle of an upgrade and so like we've got a new version of our our software, and I'm trying to do some configurations to make it work for DMV, but I just couldn't focus. I was I was too busy counting down the hours. <laughs> I like the idea that you're trying to work on your computer, but your hand is just sketching a photo, a picture of <laughs> yes, me. Yeah, yeah. Picture of you with a pop it. screen in front of your face. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's all you in see. Our, in you a red t-shirt like with, uh, with black ink on it. <laughs> it's got a black cat, do, actually, yeah, which uh, is a... Uh, I like it. It's, it's like there. a Hellcat Records. Yeah, they're riffing on... This is a... We don't need to talk about it. Let's continue <laughs> on. I don't want to go off for another 20 minutes because you're counting down the hours. <laughs> um, Nate, uh, how'd you like this one? I, I hear you like this one better than the first one. I actually don't know if that's true. I think that this song stands out because it has a little pop vibe. I think the the coming two songs I really liked a mm-hmm. lot. This one has, uh, what did I write about this song? It's kind of funky. It's got, it's got, it's got a ska guitar riff. Am it does, I right? It, 
almost, uh, almost. Hell yeah. Like ska oh, reggae. Uh, it's it's really just like some upstrokes. But, yeah. Uh, to the, to the the novice, the uninitiated, it, it kind of sounds ska. It sounded ska, and I actually am not super into that. It was fine, mm-hmm. like it wasn't overbearing or anything. It was it was fine, but I do like the I do like um, nonsense uh, scatting or something where they're like do the the do do the do do yeah, la yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. Cu- a cute transition point. Like that's I like that a lot. It's good. It's good stuff. I really I really love this album. It's kind of just. Uh, one of those albums, just like front to back, just fucking bangers. Really good. Uh, it was it was in the play file at Dimple Records, the record store that I worked at, um, and so it was always very exciting when one of these songs came on because it was in between a bunch of shit I didn't want to listen to. You didn't get to pick the stuff you played at first. We did, uh, but then they switched it up to a computer with like a play file, and it was like some weird program that you're able to like lock down so you can't we had to like find some weird roundabout ways to like skip songs and stuff like that dude how corporate it was it was bullshit somebody bought empire records over there Uh, and then in the evenings we would shut it off and, and pull up like pandora or whatever so we could stream other things why this song from an album that is otherwise full of bangers? Why this song? Because it has cool rhythmic stuff. Because it's got kind of a psych out at the beginning where it's just acoustic for like 40 seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Again, another psych yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Different kind of psych out. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I probably could have picked five other songs off of this album and been totally cool with it um but i just really like this one uh i i in this song in particular i think i know where you're coming from with the british thing uh because of the way the way he pronounces one word in particular which one well you'll you'll find out so i got a time stamp when ted goes ted goes yeah yeah and plus it's got that little like scoff thing for a second can't go wrong with that it's I mean that makes sense then, right? He's Scott. He he ref, he even has a reference to the Clash in here. Oh, does he? Does he not? Smart lyrics told me Mr. Mellor is a is a Strummer's name. Oh, Joe Strummer's actually. So I asked our Mr. Mellor how to get to where one's going, and he points to his survival, yeah. and he points me down the road. Joe Strummer was named John Graham Mellor. Mm. Anyhow, I read that in the smart thing, and then I was thinking about this song a little bit, and you brought it back. Mm-hmm. It's got a reference to British punk. It has a little bit of a ska vibe, which I think of as kind of a British thing, right? Like, isn't ska like some British punk melding with um, Jamaican yeah, reggae the or some sort? Yeah, second wave was... Oh, shit, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself then, <laughs> but it feels British too. It feels English. Yeah, yeah, the second like wave, uh, there was a lot of, like, immigration and stuff t- from Jamaica to... London and, and Europe uh, or England, whatever. Uh, and it was like a, it was all like the working class white punks and the Jamaican people that brought ska and stuff over. And they all kind of like found solidarity in their hardships and thus bo- was born the two tone movement. Two tone. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. 
um, bands also that were not just a bunch of white guys, right? Like it was people. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't until the nineties, and it even wasn't all completely like that. But the like the ones that got really big, like Real Big Fish, was mainly white guys. They're American band, though, right? Real Big Fish. Yeah, yeah, they're from like L.A. Yeah, they weren't a part of this two tone. No, no, they were third wave. Uh, two tone, <laughs> two tone was like Specials and Selector and uh, other bands. The kinds of shit that he's talking about in the next song that he's lamenting. Yes, being gone. yes. All right. He makes so he's like a he's he's like an English file guy. He likes he, he kind of really is like he's he's always got those. Uh, what's that one brand that unfortunately the Proud Boys took with the oh Ben Sherman? Yeah, yeah with the like the black. Polo yeah. with like the single oh, color is. on it. Uh, ben Sherman is it is, Ben Sherman? Ben Sherman is one no. of them, and then there's another one. Um, I can't think of the name of. He's he's very into like mod style. Fred Perry is Fred there. Perry. That's what it is. But anyway, like Fred Perry, mod stuff. I could see him riding around on a Vespa. Yeah, so he tries to be British in this song mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, I got some timestamps. 52 seconds is my first one. Mine is two seconds before that, but I think I usually push them up a little bit because I don't want you to miss the beginning. Of yeah, my it makes sense. Moments. I'm going to play 50 seconds. On a dark wet night in April On a street in Jersey where I went looking for some riding That I knew would not be there And I punch up from the I like the little bass noodle like leaning into yeah. that part is very fucking cool. But I, I just love the rhythmic feel of it, like the snare hitting at the same time as the guitar. Uh, it This isn't quite the, the like quote unquote ska part or whatever, but like you can tell it's leading into that, something like mm-hmm. that. And I, re- I really like it. It's very rhythmic. And I think one of the reasons I picked this song is I like the way he enunciates a lot of a lot of his words. Except for that, the lyrics that I read on this song say that he's looking for some writing that he knew was not there. Mm-hmm. But I think he's saying sobriety, is he not? Hmm. I could go grab the record. Because Apple Music is often incorrect. I think, they're, I think they're wrong. First of all, looking for some writing that I knew would not be there mm-hmm. in the middle of a dark, wet night in April on a street in Jersey is not what he's mm-hmm. looking for. He's looking for sobriety that he knew would not be there. Yeah. I'm fucking going to go. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Talk some shit while I go get the records. The thing about Ted Leo, it feels like he's probably a big soccer fan. And if I'm not mistaken, this Pelham reference here, Pelham is a soccer team. And what I didn't realize is that Danny was a a soccer hooligan. Um, Maybe that's not a soccer team. Maybe I'm just wrong. Let me see here. I'm doing some Googling. Oh, okay. Pelham soccer club. That's definitely something in New Jersey, which makes zero sense. Not New Jersey, New Hampshire makes zero sense. Anyways, whatever. Danny's a soccer hooligan. Everybody knew it. I'm back. Shake the sheets. I hope the lyrics are in here. They're likely not. No. Ted's keeping it to himself. Oh, oh! Hey, look! You want some? Uh, 
MP3 download code yeah, from Lookout I'm sure Records. Still good. <laughs> uh, let's see, counting down the hours. Hours. I went looking for some writing that I knew would not be there. <laughs> Whatever, I was wrong. Wow. Wow. It doesn't make sense, though. It doesn't make sense. Teddy, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's some glockenspiel and, on this song, apparently. Oh, that's interesting. Glockenspiel. Um, he then talks about Pelham, which is what I talked about in your absence, because I thought that was like a soccer hooligan thing, but whatever. I'm totally out of this one. <laughs> you hate this song now? I definitely hate this song. I cannot <laughs> figure out what any of the lyrics mean. It's frustrating. Uh, well, next timestamp I got... Is that 122? Give me a second. I got to get back to... Okay. I'm at 130. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about the, uh, the la-di-das, but okay. we, can, we can do that later. We'll do it. Process. Oh, can you play it again? I can deal with trying to process pigeons acting like they're doves. Is that the word process? Mm-hmm. Aren't pigeons just doves that aren't white? I don't know. I think they're the same I thing. don't get the line. I don't, I don't understand it. Pigeons acting like they're doves. I think pigeons and doves are the same. Mm. That's my theory. Mm. We, need a, to it. we need a, a, a bird, birdologist. <laughs> paging the birdologist <laughs> apparently all we but then all we get is the uh the uh cat insert oh <laughs> yeah 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 the cat doctor the appears meow <laughs> okay what'd you say one what'd you say 130 yeah we got some lottie dots yep, there i got that same one for the chorus solo yeah then a cool really long solo is that like guitar like that guitar is a little metally though right like it's it's a little it's, uh, it's like tremolo picking he's he's leaning into his his black metal roots maybe i don't know yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> tremolo picking <laughs> i wish that i wish that on record people would say things out loud more often when they're like and the tremolo picking and then they tremolo. do it <laughs> and the drum solo take it away Oh, that's right. That happened on that yeah, camp coast. Remember that? Fuck yeah. Yeah. That was some good shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like the o-da-do-da-da-da-da-do. I love it. It's a little yodely, and it's delightful in that way. It's so delightful. Yeah. It's just something that I feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong. I like Ted Leo a lot, but I don't have his entire discography memorized in my brain right now but i feel like that's something that he does yodels does some lot of dee da da to do kind of kind of scat scat yeah a little bit of scat he's in the scat he's in (laughs) i guess so i mean it's actually it's where his voice sounds like you're like oh he does like it really for me like that moment in particular it's like oh he can he's good he's got good Mm -hmm. he's got some 
some tone there, some melody in him, in his voice. Yeah. That sounds, it, you know, he's, he's not seeing, he's just showing that he can do it, but yeah, he's riffing vocal riffing, riffing, riffing it. All right. Let's, let's listen to some maybe ska. I love it. It's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Ska, I think. A maybe ska. A mostly ska. Mostly ska. The the first part is when it starts going in the it it gets like a weird rhythm going. It doesn't feel very ska to me anymore. But I guess it's him just shouting out like, "Hey, I like you. Yeah. Hey, I love it. Yeah. Hey, I'm a fan." It's very like the Clash doing ska. Right. Right. Yeah. Clash. Another like, another big influence. It would seem like it. Yeah. This song makes no sense lyrically to me. Like, I do not know what the fuck he's talking about. Hmm. Do you know what's going on here? I don't. We could look it up okay. on genius.com. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you want. No. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... <laughs> it, but it's just like, he's, he paints some nice... He paints a nice picture in the first song, but... I'll tell you what it's not about. Love. It's not about love. I don't know. He's, he's talking about birds... Not about love. That's not how that song. Oh, works. I did look at this on Genius. This is the uh, Clash reference. There was nothing else besides the Clash oh. thing. And one other thing, the story of detainees who barely kept alive. They think that that's a Guantanamo Bay reference or something. Mm, could be. That's right. So he's just walking on the street, pissed about the injustices and the war in the world. Yeah, pissed off at George Bush. I mean, who wasn't at that time? Who wasn't? Two thousand four. This is prime punk voter. He, that was a depressing year because he was reelected. Remember, Ugh. we all thought it was a fluke in the beginning. Ugh. Like, oh, no way to get him again. And then Theodore Leo is out there. Mm-hmm. Just reminding us that everything sucks. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Teddy. Old Teddy. All right. You ready? You ready to, look, oh, yeah. to search for some rude boys? <laughs> Off of this album right here, Hearts of Oak. Or he's wearing a soccer jersey. He's, wearing he's a, a soccer, soccer hooligan. He's a soccer hooligan. And there's dragonflies on it for some reason. Can you see the dragonflies? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it's interesting. Next song. Uh, we've already somewhat introduced. Where have all the rude boys gone? <laughs> about them being on lookout records oh i didn't know that actually yeah their first Except for you just showed me that one was on roulette on lookout um the first three albums are on lookout i think that's interesting like yeah it also says ted leo in my apple stuff here um it's very it's like that yeah why not like ska bands are on lookout aren't they and like punk bands and it was, i don't know it was it's cool like, like punk bands pop punk it was a. Pop it was like bands. the later days of Lookout Records when they had bought gotten bought out by somebody, and then he uh, tanked the label. But yeah, like I, did, I think for a little while, Ted Leo stuff wasn't on streaming because he had to, uh, you know, get the rights and put it out himself, like that kind of thing. Oh, weird. Okay. Because like Lookout is not a thing anymore. I always thought it was weird though. Cody Cody knows more about the like downfall and stuff like that. He was a he was a big Lookout guy. 
Anyway, how do you like the song? Oh, I do like the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, the rude boy uh, is an, is a thing that's in the back of my mind, but it's not something I know much about. So that's interesting. He's asking a question, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't answer it. <laughs> so that's frustrating. But I don't know. Like, tell me about. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about these these rude boys. Uh, this song is a heartfelt plea for the upbeat political sound of the two tone era, when the radically diverse ska bands played a fusion of English punk and Jamaican rock steady. Uh, very specifically, this song lyrically name checks several uh, songs by members uh, and members of the Specials who were trailblazers in the sound of the style. Hey, that's a question I had. Who are Linval, Rhoda, Jerry, and Terry? They must be specials. Specials, members of the specials. Did you listen to the specials? Uh, I've listened to a bit. Um, I, it's not It's not there for you? It's, it never, I always want it, want to like it more than I do when I'm in the mood for that kind of uh, slow ska, I tend to do like Desmond Decker or something like that. I mainly really like Ghost Town by the specials, and that's about it. It's a song. It's a song Ghost called Town. Ghost Town, yeah. Uh, a rude boy in this context is a performer or enthusiast of ska music like Walt Jack- Jabsko the guy in the two-tone records logo. He's a rude boy. Rude boy. Yeah, someone who likes ska that name comes? is a rude boy. Like, why do they call him rude boys? I don't know. I guess I could have looked this up, but I wanted to ask you about it because I thought you would be like, oh, let me tell you let all me, about my rude boy days. Let me tell you. Uh, let's see. Rude boy, Rudy, uh, is a slang term that originated in the 60s Jamaican street culture and that are still used today. In the late 1970s, there was a revival in England of the terms rude boy and rude girl, among other variations, being used to describe fans of two-tone ska. Uh, they use these term, uh, the use of these terms moved into more contemporary ska punk movement as well. In the UK, the terms rude boy and rude girl are used in very similar to gangsta, yardy, and bad man. Mm-hmm. Um, the term rose out of, uh, poorer sections of Kingston, Jamaica, and was associated with violent discontented youths, uh, along with Scott and Rock City music. Many rude boys f- favored sharp suits, thin ties, and a pork pie hat. So yeah, it's a Jamaican thing, just like ska. So that makes sense. Comes from there. Word. Anywho, where have they all gone? Uh, how come punks are so shitty in the 90s? Yeah, so... Oh, wait, there was a thing. Let me pull the lyrics up on this one. Okay. I was looking at a specials thing. What do you... Like, That that's sad, Ted. Come on. These, these, are, these are the musicians that you grew up with and love. <laughs> I think. I don't know how Ted, old Ted Leo is. He might be a little older than us now. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a little older than us. Um, he was in bands in the 80s it's like this line gangsters and clowns with a stereotyped sound Mm -hmm. 
the clown part to me, it's you got ICP, you got Slipknot or whatever. <laughs> okay. But like the gangsters thing, I don't get it so much because like, I feel like this, this comes out later, right? He's referring to the nineties music, but does, does Ted Leo, can Ted Leo, what's Ted Leo doing right there? <laughs> uh, so according to genius.com, a multi-layered reference first to gangsters by the specials, which okay. itself is a tribute to Al Capone by Prince Buster. Uh, a tribute to Al Capone by Prince Buster, the song called Al Capone. The English Beats cover of Tears of a Clown and then the specials stereotype. He's just throwing all He's of just their names grabbing, into sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beyond, the, beyond that, the narrator, narrator laments how pop music is full of wannabe gangsters and novelty acts who all sound the same, according to yeah. this genius. Including in this genius. <laughs> That's how I heard it too. But I get like if the song, if it's all song references, then dope. You just I have this feeling where it's like, yeah, okay, I get I get you making fun of ICP and shit like that, but like nineties era gangster rap is not something that Ted Leo from New Jersey has any right to comment on. Uh, yes, yes, honest. yes. Absolutely. But not in any sort of like critical like st- these are stereotypes of, of what. Yeah. This is what I would say. I, but my thought is is it's more of a comment on like what happened with nineties ska, maybe. Right, since for it's, sure. Yeah. He's specifically talking about ska, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of what the main comment is on. I could totally get that, and I guess like I don't actually know any either of what anything about ska sufficiently to like catch the references in any way. Mm-hmm. But '90s ska, like, what are some standout like revival ska of the 1990s? Like, aside from Real Big Fish, oh, uh, Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake, uh, Mighty Mighty Boss, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They were on the the better side because they had been around for a long time, uh, but okay. they just got popular in the '90s. I forgot that Less Than Jake was a ska band for the Hello Rockview album that I listened to. Really wasn't. There's so not much ska on that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else came up? Uh, like no doubt, sort of. They started off as a ska band. Um, uh, Save Ferris. I, I oh, really okay. liked Save Ferris. Uh, come on, think of more, Danny. Think of more '90s ska bands that were uh, Goldfinger. That was that was oh, a big shit, one. Yes. Who else did I like back then? Rancid, uh, Skank and Pickle. Uh, Skank and Pickle sounds right. Swing and Utters. They weren't a ska band. Okay. <laughs> they sound like it. I but mean, they Skank were. and Pickle swinging under it. Yeah. Although Skank and Pickle was actually good. Um, it's a great name. It is a great name. Anyway, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of ska stuff that happened in the '90s, and and all the epithet like uh, Sublime was another one. And I know I'm I'm a bit of a, an apologist for Sublime, but um, there was a show at the Grind Skate Park, which was in West Sacramento. Uh, it was Sublime, and Skank and Pickle was opening for Sublime. And uh, that's uh, when Mike Park, the singer of, and saxophone player of Skank and Pickle, realized that he wanted to take a break from, from ska because of all the like shitty bros that were showing up for Sublime. Mm-hmm. And so it... I think that that's kind of like where he's kind of getting at is like the shitty sure. bros that would show up for Pennywise mm-hmm. and you know at when Pennywise is on tour with Real Big Fish or whoever they happen to be on tour with and shitty people getting in the ska shitty people like thinking that ska is just this like suburban white kid thing when there's so much more than that 
mm-hmm. thinking it's just this like sub micro genre when it there's it is so much more than that. So yeah, and I think the '90s kind of ruined ska for a lot of like uh, millennials and Gen X people uh, that don't understand the history and they just know like this. I mean, that's how I got into it too. Uh, I got into ska in the '90s because of a lot of those bands that I mentioned. And the only reason I like know about history is because I did go back a little bit, but I'm constantly like learning about all this stuff. And like every time there's a new ska documentary, I'm like all about that shit. Like Vice has a really good one on YouTube. If you're ever interested in watching a ska documentary on YouTube narrated by Tim Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. That you got me there actually. Cause Tim Armstrong also sings on a boxcar racer song. And I think, oh boy. yeah, yes, he does. And I mean, it's amazing. So <laughs> it's like so good. So um, anyway, I'll get favorite. off my uh, scop box now. I love how he's dragging out those words. I have that down at 133. I think it's the same. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brings it back. And 133 yeah. is a good one too because he goes like way higher at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I love the, the, the choice to do that with the words instead of just like doing it like a boring, like letting the word ring out or, or something like that, like really adding to it. It's very cool. Have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said uh, 133. Oh, but I also have a 50 second 50? one. Okay. I'm going to play that. Is that the chorus, you think, or is that a pre-chorus? That's, I don't actually know. Like, I think everything's a pre-chorus to the <laughs> chorus. All the verses, those are pre and post choruses. His vocal, like, he's got like a pop punk, like, that's like a of the time 2003, like, yes, pop punk voice yeah. styling right there, which is pretty dope. Uh, I, I just love that falsetto, and he he yeah. hits the shit out of it. Um, yeah, curious if he could pull it off live, but to today or then at any point, at any yeah. point. Uh, I mean, he's not smoking like Chris Carabbo. Yeah, so. it's true. It's true. <laughs> Chris Carabbo. So he should be fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that part. It's a great chorus or pre-chorus, whatever it is. I love it. And then I just got like the the end after that. I have the, yeah, so like the part where he has some extra vocals come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the piano. Okay. I think it's 320 is what 320? I have. 320, okay. Let's do it. What do you have? Uh, what did I jot down? I think I jotted down like the very beginning of it, two fifty four. But we can oh go for it. Now let's skip to the the dual one. I'll do a little bit before that. What'd you say three three twenty twenty? Okay, I'll do three fifteen.
I love that part so much, man. It's nice. It's like a. It's now that I know that those are members of the specials, mm-hmm. it it rings even cooler. It's got some that that you are a dual vocal guy. I am right? a dual so. vocal. I I usually like it when it's like two different vocal lines, mm-hmm. but the way it's spaced out to where they're singing the same thing but just not at the same time is very very cool. Yeah, totally. And it also like for me, like he's lamenting something that's past and this has its own like mm-hmm. the whispers of his like it's like that it's a trope that you would see probably in a movie or yeah. something, but like the ghosty whispers, like it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I dig the sound. It sounds really good as they as they finish up that totally, song. Totally, totally. It's a really cool like build back up into the the line where have all the rude boys gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just always always loved that part. This song hooked me. Uh it's it's I feel like the best song on that album. All right. Are you ready, sir, to go back to the brutal one? Yeah. I'm trying to uncork my bottled wine over here. <laughs> um, uh, bottled in cork. <laughs> there was a resolution pending on the United Nations floor. I only never do the question what's a peacekeeping for I feel like <laughs> my my transition was so dumb you could not you just could not I go could not. with it. I, you basically we're done. We're done. <laughs> uh, we're back to my favorite album. They're on Matador Records now. It's the last album, right? It's it's the, their the last the as Bandits. as yeah. the RX Bandits. Yes, um, he has one other album that's just under his name, which is mm-hmm. a pretty good record. I'll say, like this song is reminiscent. Like, where have all the Rude Boys been, gone? If I'm not mistaken, is kind of different than the first two, and that it doesn't have a false intro, mm-hmm. like a front false front. Mm-hmm. This one does that real hard. <laughs> like, you got a real hard front intro. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get to the lyric sheet here one second. I like I like this song a lot. I think it is actually one of, if not my favorite, okay, okay. from this playlist. Um, and it has a lot to do with the, everything after the the start point. Because he's got like this United Nations thing United, going on. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, about, it's weird because like the f- the first, you know, handful of times I've listened to this album, I just, I had the CD, I popped it in my car. And I didn't know... Like, I didn't realize we had just started into a new song. Like, it, they blend together yeah. really well. And so it was always threw me off, especially because this is a single off of the album. It seems like oh, a weird, weird okay. like, song to be a single. I mean, at 20, like, if we want to do a time at 24 okay. seconds, like, because you have that, like, you've played, you just played it for everybody where that sort of strange intro happens. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's just weird. And then he gets into this very, like, pop. Yes, yes. Very radio friendly, single ready thing. I got a message from my sister. She just had a kid. I take it to Copenhagen to see how she did. My could start on a connection. Yeah, it's this total like really? false start into this like bop. <laughs> it's so boppy. And like I, they do a music video for this and it doesn't like the music video is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. But like um I can imagine like just people pogoing out of the uh out of the uh venue at that point just like fucking the whole group is popping up and down it's dope i really like it i mean the 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 lyrics again are confusing but i don't mm-hmm. care i just mm-hmm. am into it he's traveling around traveling around checking some tour. shit out 
He's got Congress crying about abusing the pork, which is a stupid <laughs> thing to say, but I love it. It's like dad joke. <laughs> uh, why don't you hop into um, Watch Together, if you don't mind. Are you inviting me on a Watch Together and Chill? <laughs> I am. User JKQYL. Is that, is that me, random yes. user? Unless it's a hmm. different person. I'm getting an ad for a John Michael Montgomery record vinyl color, like a nice deep maroon color. And I'm about to pause the podcast (laughs) to go go buy this. Okay. Cody will love that. I'm sure. Uh, I I know you you have obviously already watched the music video, but I would like to watch it because it's been a long time. Uh, And then I do want to go back to where have all the rude boys gone because there's a live performance I want to watch of it. Um, So let's do... Okay, uh, next order of business, new band t-shirt colors. Marty? Actually, like Great. when I listened to this, I was like, wait, he's not British. Where's this dude from again? <laughs> like, he's from Jersey. For me, we're agreed, that's and that is the horrible, last item on the docket. Thing. Pardon me, that's gentlemen, pretty good. but I think oh, that yeah, is hardly the last item on your docket. This is the Leo yes. death, probably. No, this is Papa Paul F. Tompkins, everybody. My name is Reginald Van Vorst, and I am quite possibly your savior. Let me ask you a question, Tim. Do you wish your music to be... Uh, it's really quiet, huh? Yes. It is. Yes. It? Yes, you do. Then why are you releasing it on is Ted Leo vinyl, handsome? compressed glob I think he's handsome. That nobody cares yeah, he's about, got one of those, like, people whose apartments unique looks. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not traditionally out, handsome like this man. The brutalist yes. Reginald. Reginald. The music is good, but... It is suffocating inside. Suffocating. It needs to breathe free. Oh, that's right. They have the line. Um, should I wrote it down? Um, nobody cares about vinyl except people who live in apartments that smell. <laughs> You're talking about one of those half-assed. <laughs> that's sick. That's gonna cheapen our music and embarrass everyone involved. Yes, that's exactly I, what I'm talking about. A half-assed <laughs> musical that cheapens what you do, embarrasses everyone involved. I just, I love the dig at Green Day. It's funny. oh yeah, well deserved. <laughs> Very rich, so, fellow lookout band. Yes, yes. You will do it. You must do it. You cannot not not do it. So, gentlemen, <laughs> oh, I love you, Paul F. Tompkins. Follow me to money. To money. This yeah, the workout stuff. Like when they get on stage, I'm less impressed. But this workout scene shit yeah. is dope. Theater is about art. <laughs> Are you ready to make art? <laughs> yes. See, that's the thing. Like, the intro, like, that's so... God, they just cleared the pit right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Picking up some change oh, yeah. here. There we go. Flailing windmills. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Smelled like an apartment filled with vinyl. (laughs) Smelled like a a room with a bunch of record collectors. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, that's right. The great. So I looked that up. The Great White Way sounds terrifying <laughs> to me. Do you know what that is? It's uh, isn't it like Broadway or something like that? Yeah, I know. I didn't know that, and I think that's terrible. Like the Great White Way, I get it because of the lights or something sure. like that. But like it's you know, shit. Like minute. It's an interesting. I'm glad they stopped using Interesting that. phrase. I'm Everyone go watch this music video. It's very funny. They call him Teddy Punkstar, which is pretty cool. With his CBGB shirt on. He's dying. He died because he didn't believe with Power of Punk. Power of Punk, yeah, I wrote that down too. That's tight. I want that on my uh, headstone if anyone's listening. Stop believing. Yes, yes. Dante, if you're listening, you should watch this video. It's got lots of comedians that you'll recognize in it. Yeah. Also, there are a lot of 20 year old women with eyeliner and dressed up at a, like they're at a mic and yes, yes. It's very reminiscent of the exact period of time this is. No, wait, this is late. No, when was this made? Yeah, 2010. This is yeah, late yeah. then. Okay. They're making they're making an obvious reference. Now we're gonna oh, hold on, Paul's talking. He's trying to recruit Sean White to make oh, a musical. People sing and dance about mundane things. This is actually too much of a hassle with you. Yes, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, please. I don't understand that. Oh, he's so funny. All right, uh, there's a Where Have All the Rude Boys Gone on some late night show. Conan. Here with a song from his new album entitled Hearts of Oak. And I have that. Tomorrow night at the Village Underground, right here in New York City. You also kind of look like this guy. Uh, I look like Conan. <laughs> My hair today. Do you have red hair? Yeah. Do you really no. have red hair? Have brown hair. Okay. I have gray hair now. So. You have gray hair now. Whoa! Look at that camera. Going right in on ten. You're right. That, that drum set is literally like just three. Pieces. It's very bare bones. Drummer looks like, I don't know, like a fucking. (laughs) (laughs) You're really rocking this one out, man. Dude, the guitar player is having some sort of seizure or something. Get out of here, Ryan. (laughs) Ted Kidd. This sounds pretty good for like a rock band on a late night show. Yeah, they usually. Yeah. I think it's because they all dress so nice. 
Or it's a lip sync. Ooh, it could be. Man, I don't know why you wear a button-up with the long sleeves. I know, I'm serious. Especially with all the hair. He's got a lot of hair. He's so hot. That which he's jumping around and playing guitar, and you contrast that with Chris Leo's Van Pelt recordings that they did in like the same around the same time in uh-huh. Italy, and just in a backyard, and he's just like on his tippy toes, just like twisting his ankles, just like <laughs> saying like, "Where have all the walruses gone?" <laughs> just like saying it. Where? Where, where are, are the? They? Where are the? Where are the walruses? <laughs> do the lovers still? Do the lovers still play with walruses? Oh, I can't wait for this playlist. No, I've <laughs> made it. Really I'm bad. into it, man. I like Moss Icon. Where, where have all the rude boys gone? <laughs> this is a very good Conan performance. Good job, Teddy. Why didn't they make a million dollars? I don't know. Conan's so awkward. Yeah. All right. Great job, but it was fantastic. She's like, fucking hell, Conan. That was amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, I got another timestamp on the... Uh, oh, do you? Okay, uh, let's hear it. What do we got? Bottle and cork. It's one minute and five oh, yeah, seconds. That's the song we're talking Play about. really loud. Bottle up and cork. We got Ted. We got Ted Leo using a German word in his song. Oh, what does he say? Wanted to call it out. He says "prost," which is like to say "cheers." Oh, right? Raise a glass, glass, and say "prost." Yeah, oh. that's dope. And then I, the other, wait, do you have another timestamp? Uh, are you done with bottle and cork? No. This is your least favorite song. No, I love this song. I I confused myself by playing a, a Rude Boys video. I could do oh right right here the lead section. Is this a noodle? No, that's a riff. That's a I'd riff. Call that a yeah. riff. Not a noodle. Um, it's too a lick. Yeah, it's licky. It's not a is sweaty that a dirty lick. lick. It's a dirty. Yeah. Li- that's a nasty lick. <laughs> it's a nasty <laughs> lick. Um, and I got one twenty six. The choice to have the squealing guitar in the background. I'm into it. While, while singing, singing, I fucking yeah. love it. And then, like the last minute of the song, it's just like it's, it's dope. dope. It's just like the same line over and over. But I absolutely love it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. It's like one of my favorite parts of the list. I like repetition and bored, boring, like boring uh, repetition because uh-huh. I don't think it's boring. <laughs> but I think some people could say like, what the hell yeah, is she yeah, saying yeah. the same thing over and over again? Lies, he writes lies songs. That's what he does. He's love. It's a love song to beer, is what it is. Uh, probably, sure. maybe, maybe. I actually don't. I have no idea what this one's about, aside from touring. Right? Could be. I thought it was a World War II song, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it could be. He was trying to do like that uh, neutral milk hotel uh-huh. thing. Well, he, he does have. It says May eighth through 9th is the time of remembrance and reconciliation for those. Uh, who lost their lives during the Second World War? Because uh, he says May eighth in this song. Tell the bar, yeah, no, no genius annotations. Get get on it, geniuses. That's all I got on this song. Did yeah. it? Yeah, I like that one though. I think it's definitely like it is my favorite. Yeah, something especially that outro. Like I don't know, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. It's funny. Like I was a kid, when I I was an edge kid for a really long time, mm-hmm. and I like something about like Bart bar references. Like I really liked "Kiss the Bottle," mm-hmm. the J- Jawbreaker mm-hmm. song, and I really like that. There's that um, uh, replacement song. Here come the regulars. Do you know that song? I've never heard oh, that. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, that's like the saddest. It's probably the most depressing song ever oh, written. Geez. It's very good, but also like it's just here come the yeah. regulars, right? Like it's just like the kid, the guy sitting at the bar. But okay. I don't know. I'm into that. I'm into bar bar references yeah, or time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more into references of of words I don't know really how to pronounce. I don't know Tim or us me. you were going to say like i'm more into references that are more into timorous references. timorous <laughs> references i don't know the last song is called timorous me i think is that's that how it's pronounced i actually don't know how to pronounce it i looked it up though and it means like romantic Ooh. i think or something like that. maybe i'm now i'm t- now i'm talking out of my ass this, uh, this album was produced up. by brendan canty from fugazi that's not an easy guess yeah no, it means to be timid. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I I neglected to take any timestamps on this song. Oh, can we can, will you play the opening? I will. It? Oh, damn. It's such a riff. It's like fucking Ted at the honky tonk. Ted right at the there. honky it's tonk. Like, he rips it out. He's got a cowboy hat yeah. on. He's doing some some elbow movements and shit like <laughs> let's do it uh i i love it i love the whole intro of this song where it's like two minutes of like i said just two minutes of him and a guitar 
and you don't really realize, especially like maybe the first time you're listening to it and you just first listen to this for the first time. So maybe did it take you by surprise or anything once the other stuff started happening? Not at this point. At this song, like I was expecting some sort of oh, switch. Okay, up. But okay. I liked, I mean, I really liked the intro to this. I was like, oh, hell yeah, yeah here we go. Yeah. Um, but it's good throughout. It just becomes a little bit less of that. Like um, that particular mm-hmm. style is is less prominent, but it's yeah, good. Yeah. Let me see. My first, I I do write down thirty two seconds, but I don't know why. So two two things there: the the like high pitch falsetto. And then really high yeah, pitch. really really high pitch, and then the uh, the like stutter that he does in this song, mm-hmm. I fucking I fucking love so much. It's a real Billy Braggy moment. Yeah, there, like that, I feel like this song has a lot of that going yeah. on. this this is an early album. This is right? his like debut a, uh, full length. Yeah, as the pharmacist. As, okay, as a pharmacist. Well, you, you that was thirty eight. That was thirty two through 42 okay. what do you got what do you do you want to talk more about it do you uh, no that's all i got on more about that on that part in particular i just i really like the stutter that he does um i think it's fun mm-hmm. uh, for some reason when i sing along with this song i get like choked up and i don't know why like you cry? like it like it makes like it makes me want to cry and i don't know why like today i was driving uh, to Lowe's and I was singing along to the song and just like kept like not being able to sing because I was trying to prevent myself from shedding a tear and I have no idea why I don't know like I feel like maybe there's something else going on in your life maybe uh, it was the let me see I think it was apparently he was my very best friend we spent warm summer days wishing they would never end for some reason like that shit just makes me tear up and I don't know there's other lines in here that for some reason it just like gets me going man totally like that's the thing I've got so 118 is my okay. next timestamp. me and Chimberly holding hands I was shaking hers cause she said she was a fan it was an awkward pause so <laughs> Danny's a fan by the way but like What's Ted's out there on the street? This is his debut album. He's writing this song before he is. is well, I guess this would be from his previous band's days. But he's shaking Timmy's hands because yeah. she said she was a fan. And then he says, "There's an awkward pause," and then we just passed this. Oh, we just, we dude, this type. What are the geniuses? Dude, Timmy Hyde was a fan of Leo's who passed away on her 22nd birthday after falling from a window. She is also the subject of the absolutely most heartbreaking song that uh, was on the OK Go episode of Five Songs or Less, the song Return. I fucking love that song, and it is heartbreaking. And it's about the same person. Dude. That is blowing my mind right now. But apparently that's what this song is about. This song is about like reflecting on lost friends and lovers. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! That just now this line, now all these lines are gonna make me want to cry because that fucking OK Go song is so good. And that's why you were crying then, no? Maybe. Oh my God! I gotta text Dante after this. Holy shit! My mind is blown. Thanks, Genius.com, and thank you 
for coming up with that timestamp. <laughs> I was like joking about it because I you said yesterday you texted me something about about how like oh yeah I was like dude you just gave me this playlist I'm I'm gonna get there but I might not be great on it and then you were like I've had this playlist ready <laughs> since 2004 and I was like. I've had notes on this since 2004, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I love a fan. And in here he's, like, uh, talking about some fan who was holding yeah, his hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my but, God, dude. This is, that's, that's bonkers. It also, Genius also, this is interesting, Genius, he references Jody, mm-hmm. who's, I think, his wife. Jody Leo of the yeah, Secret Of Stars. the band, who I've asked you if you wanted to have a list of before. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, dang. But I, I don't... Man, I don't know. That's interesting. A lot going on. It's a on small here. world after all. Let me tell you. What uh, do you have? What's next on your your docket of timestamps? One, one hundred and fifty-five okay. seconds. One fifty-five. Shout out. Everything, everything is going on right there. It's so good. It feels like it could also be one of those like dances where you have like a kill yeah. tone and you're like, yeah, absolutely. Around. But it doesn't have to be that. Also, it's just also dope video game music. Like I can't figure it out, but it's pretty it's cool. So great. I love it. I love that's that's another fake out too, because it's it's mm-hmm. like two minutes of just him and a guitar, and then it does that, and then it drops out again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, with the hand it's clap weird. too. Oh man. Yeah, the hand clapping. The bass just turned gets turned up. And... The me and Jody spent a lot of our time just sitting in silence, driving late at night. Maybe even wondering what's on each other's minds this time. But I know she's like me. So oh my God, I love it. I love it. It it reminds me of Thin Lizzy. It reminds me of, <laughs> of Billy Bragg, like you said. Oh, oh my God, dude. It's a good song. It's a really fucking great song. And the like solo part is what really like makes the Lizzie come out. I'm going to see if I can mm-hmm. hit that here. love that the percussion is like doing the normal tempo but like the actual drum beat is half time i love the like harmonized guitars oh my god the harmonized guitars that's what that is like that metal yeah sound. yeah yeah it's a very like that's a tight. very obvious like thin lizzy nod um but but yeah like those just kind of like lightly distorted harmonized guitars it's oh it's great love it Love it. Good job, Teddy. Good job, Theodore. Sweet. It's a good start to Leo season. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about making the bringing it home. Okay. What? Oh yeah, we got to talk about the we got to talk about this uh, song, this playlist. First of all, first of all, we got to conclude this we playlist. Do. Like that song is dope. I feel like that song sounds a lot more raw, like less well produced than the rest yeah, of the yeah, shit. It's yeah. a bit more punk, and it makes sense that it's from their first album. Thank you, um, Danny, for making sure that there was a little country and country meets Thin Lizzy. Country said. meets Thin Lizzy, yeah. Um, 
on the playlist. That's dope. I think that Ted Leo, like, I don't know, like, I was going to tell you that I had bought um, that um, Bridge and Tunnel 10 Oh, did you? And had been listening to it. Oh, yeah, like, I really yeah. love it. I have their, their second LP, too. I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot. Uh, I don't, I didn't get the LP, but um, I dig on that. And I think this isn't, I don't know, there's something here. Maybe, maybe this is a group that comes back mm-hmm. around to me mm-hmm. and I listen to more. So I'm going to give it a four, four out of what? Five. Out of six? Five. Four to five. 3.965662 wow. out of five. So you, yeah. You're basically a four. Rounded up four. Yeah, basically it's a four. four. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're fucking, they're such a great band. I would definitely, I would say start with Shake the Sheets. If you wanted to shake the sheets to start with a, a album that is good through and through, uh, I would start with shake the sheets personally or brutal sparks. But, um, I think maybe shake the sheets might be more your speed. Okay. I don't, that's not, I don't mean it as a dig or anything. We'll see. Ooh. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, fucking Leo season. Let's do at least one more episode of Leo season. We had these grand plans, but uh, we're already in the middle of it. Yeah, and I'm also like got like I'm gone from like like most of the end of it, and in a in the middle mm-hmm. too. I, I am a Leo myself, so I'm going away for a birthday oh. celebration in the middle of Leo yeah. season due to that. Um, Where are you going for your birthday you celebration? It? Just to the to the Russian River. Oh, cool! You know, yeah, nice. That'll be fun. I, I think so. Well, that's cool. I yeah. Again, listen to some of the shit, man. It's good. You'll like it. Give me a Van Pelt playlist. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope everyone is enjoying their Leo season this year. Uh, <laughs> sing your Leo Leo carols, and. Uh, uh, put some decorate, de- your, Leo decorate your Leo sticks and uh, Merry Leo season. Happy holidays. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.